listening to Success Unwrapped with Heather Vale. Welcome to Success Unwrapped with Heather Vale, the weekly radio talk show where we unwrap and reveal the secrets that successful people use, and you can too. Available at successunwrappedradio.com. My guest this week is Josh Hines, publisher of the popular Let's Talk Motivation e-zine and the founder of the positive content websites GetMotivation.com, AudioMotivation.com, and GoalSuccess.com. He's also the co-author of the book One Question to Success, which asks one question of numerous success experts. He started working in the business world at the age of 15, around the same time he began to be drawn towards the motivational industry, and he's never looked back. Josh, thanks so much for being on the show today. Hey there, it's an honor to be with you. What is your definition of success? Um, in terms of that, you know, it's interesting. I mean, so many people have different definitions. A lot of people say, you know, um, they equate it with a million dollars, you know, a certain amount of money, a certain kind of car, what have you. I mean, I've tried to look at it a little bit different. And I, mean, I guess the reason that, that I might see a little bit different is because, you know, I mean, like you were talking about earlier in my introduction, I did get into, into business at a young age. And so I was fortunate to have a lot of mentors throughout the years. And um, the way that I define success now, at this point in my life, success is having the freedom to be yourself. And I mean, I'm sure that some of y'all are probably listening to what I just said and you're thinking, you know, well, that, you know, that's sort of a broad definition. You know, I was expecting more. (laughs) But I mean, I think the reason that that answer is so important is because success really has to be a personal thing. When I give you an example, Heather, I mean, I've seen like a lot of people who will start out with this great idea. Let's start with this fantastic idea. And I mean, as they're talking about their idea, they're telling me about it, and they say, you know, Josh, I really want to go for this. And I mean, I, I can feel the energy in what they're saying, so I know they could do it. The problem comes in when I follow up and I find out, find out that perhaps they didn't make their dream come true. What happens a lot of the times is I find out is that the way that they were divining what would have been the achievement for them is that in some cases what they're looking at is they're saying, well, you know, I mean, they're attaching a certain amount of money to, I mean, their business, as opposed to, say, looking for enjoyment in what they're doing and enjoying um, what we call the uh, journey along the way, if you will, for lack of a better term. You know, you have to really enjoy what what you're doing. And another thing people will say is, you know, follow your passion and all those terms. And I think those are really important because if it's just the money that you're looking for, um, what tends to happen with most people is, you know, they end up getting really disenchanted because, I mean, very few are there what we would call overnight successes. And so, I mean, if you're passionate about something, well, then that passion is what's going to keep, I believe anyway, what's going to be the necessary fuel to get you to the point where you can start reaping the profit of what you're working on. So, I mean, so it's a little long-winded, but hopefully that gets the point across of what I was trying to say. You know, I mean, it's really about what makes you happy. You know, I mean, make it personal and, I mean, define the things that are important to you. And, I mean, by all means, I'll say, you know, I mean, if you're a person who looks at your life and says, you know, I mean, to be happy, I'm going to have to be a millionaire, then by all means, you know, a million dollars is what would be your definition of success. But, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is as opposed to just looking at um, somebody successful and saying, oh, yeah, they've got X amount of dollars and they must be successful, Well, I mean, I think that's only looking at it sort of halfway. How did your journey into the self-development world begin? Well, I actually got started in business working with my father when I was 15 years old, I guess. And um, he was actually in the process of doing a startup company. And um, at the time, you know, obviously being 15 years old working in a business, there's not 
not too many different things that you can do. And I mean, because the company was, you know, in startup phase, I mean, and when I say startup phase, I mean, I'm talking about a situation where if you can imagine a situation where there's not even enough extra money necessarily to pay me minimum wage, you know, take out the garbage. <laughs> so, I mean, it was definitely a start. I mean, it was a startup business. I mean, now my father had had other successful businesses. So, I mean, it wasn't necessarily that. It was just this was a particular situation in our family's life where we were sort of coming back from some different business situations that had fallen through and whatnot. And so about 15, I found myself working for him. And, I mean, what he said to me, he said, you know, I mean, if you want to work in the family business, I'll come up with something for you to do. So, I mean, I can still remember the first day I started out there. I went down there, and I didn't really know what I was going to do. But, I mean, he came to me, and he said, you know, I mean, here's a script. And, I mean, long story short, basically what it was is I was going to do telephone sales. But I will say this in all fairness, according to the time, you know, I mean, this was before, you know, the telephone companies were calling trying to get everybody to change service. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like I was, a, you know... I mean, I love telephone sales, don't get me wrong, until I got my start. But I don't want anybody out there that's listening to this to, you know, beat up on me or anything and <laughs> behind the scenes. So, you know, I'm 15 years old. I'm at the time. And so, I mean, from there, you know, I started making calls. And what I would do is I would set the appointments, and then my father would come back and close the deals, you know, in person. Because, I mean, I could handle the phone side of it. But in terms of meeting people in person, I mean, it was a um, mortgage business. And so obviously you want to look at somebody, and at least it's not, you know, I'm a kid in their eyes. You yeah. know? And so, <laughs> so anyway, and I mean, about that same time, I had always been interested, you know, in motivational topics. And I mean, a lot of the different people that would work in the office for my dad, they would also say, you know, I mean, try this book. Here's a book by Zig Ziglar. And I mean, I think that was actually one of the first books that I did read that was a, uh, you know, quote unquote motivational book. And, I mean, I got a lot of ideas on it. And, I mean, I kind of liked the idea of, you know, being able to take an active role in improving myself. And so that went on, you know, for a while. And then probably when I was about 18 years old, a real interesting thing happened. I mean, keeping in mind, you know, as far as my story goes, I mean, keeping in mind that um, up to that point, you know, I'd been doing telephone sales and everything was going well. And at the same time, I was also, you know, a student of personal development. I, I mean, I'd read sales training books. I'd read books on communication and all that kind of thing. I mean, as I recall, you know, I mean, I was looking at, at um, the time and I would even think way back then, I would think, you know, at some point, I think I'm going to I'm going to stand on the big stage, you know, someday and um, do uh, speaking and that sort of thing. Well, then all of a sudden, I was probably about 18, 19 years old at the time, I guess. And um, I mean, I started um, getting what I what I refer to as a blocking tick. And I mean, just to give you a little bit of background, when I was about eight or nine years old, I had been diagnosed with a neurological disorder called Tourette's syndrome. And even though it was always mild for me, it wasn't really a problem or anything that got in my way. And so all of a sudden, you know, like I was saying, I was probably 18 to 19 years old and about that time. And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm 33 years old now. And I, and I mean, I can remember it almost like it was yesterday. I was on the phone and I'm talking, everything's going fine. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it was like I could literally not spit out what I wanted to say. And I mean, you talk about like dealing with almost instantaneous anxiety. So, I mean, I literally wanted to get off the phone. I got off the phone, and I remember I was sitting there thinking to myself, wow, where did this come from? And so it was the kind of thing that going forward I struggled with for a while and continued to work through. And then um, several years later, we also lost my father. I was probably 21 or 22 at the time. And, I mean, just to sort of put things in context, I had been working since I was about 15 years old. And then all of a sudden, my father had passed away unexpectedly, and so, I mean, I stayed with the business for a while, and my sister, who was also in the business, did. And then later on, I had an opportunity to um, 
leave the business and then go into another field. And I ended up moving to um, Louisville, Kentucky for a bit. And during that time, I ended up taking a class on very, very simple web design. I mean, when I say simple, I mean, I wasn't going to be hired anytime soon to learn how to design websites. I can, <laughs> I, I mean, I can assure you of that. But, I mean, the interesting thing about it now is I look back and I say, you know, I mean, those were hard times, true, and it was a lot of change. But I can look back now and say that all those hard times led me to where I am now. And, I mean, they were very much responsible for me to originally start my little website back in, I guess it was 1997, start a little site. And, I mean, when I started, it was little more than a links page. And, I mean, basically what I wanted to do at the time was just find motivational speakers' pages and then build an audience of people and send them to those web pages. Now, I mean, a lot of people that are probably listening to this are saying, well, you know, that's not exactly rocket science. And, I mean, I will definitely agree that it wasn't. That, I mean, it isn't. It wasn't that big of a deal now. I mean, if I could pat myself I'm a little bit on the back, in 97, it was, um, there was a lot more to it then, you know, then, I mean, there probably is right now. I mean, I'm sure, you know, heck, if I was to start out with that idea now, people would probably laugh me out of there, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, years later, you know, I mean, here I am, I'm doing speaking. I mean, I speak to different groups. I write. And, I mean, one of the things that I'm most proud of personally is, I mean, when I started out, you know, I'm mean, having an interest in um, personal development and human potential and speaking on those topics, you know. Um, pretty much the only um, exposure that I had to the industry was through books and tapes. And now, you know, a lot of those people I've been able to make personal friends with and really help them get their message out. Well, obviously, you were able to find your life purpose. And I think everybody wants to do that. But some people aren't really able to figure out what their purpose is. So how would you recommend that someone discover their life purpose and what they're most passionate about so that they can pursue that instead of the job that they hate? Okay, I think that's really a great question. And I mean, I think, obviously, it's a little different for a lot of different people. Um, one thing for me, when I was growing up, I always had the good fortune of, I mean, my mother would always, she would basically always tell me, you know, I mean, Josh, you've got talent and, I mean, special gifts, and it's up to you to explore them and then bring them out so that you can share them with the world. So, I mean, for me personally, you know, I was always trying to explore different things and bring them out. Now, for a lot of people, I realize a lot of people are just at that point, you know, where they're frustrated maybe and they're say, saying, you know, I don't really like what I'm doing or whatever, or, I mean, I enjoy what I'm doing, but I want to do something different. I want to take a different path. And, I mean, one of the things that I would say there, try to really narrow down what you enjoy. I mean, a prime example is, I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day, and, I mean, one of the funny things is he's actually doing something now that, I mean, he really enjoyed doing. Um, one of the things that he said that he's doing now is, I mean, he has a lawn care business, for example. Now, I mean, if you talk to most people, Having a lawn care business, I mean, it may not be the most exciting thing in the world, but it's something that he enjoys doing. It's a vehicle that actually has some growth, you know, I mean, the business. I mean, it's a good business. And I, mean, I wouldn't necessarily say he's passionate about, you know, cutting grass, but he is passionate. You know, I'm about being able to work in the sun. He's passionate about owning his own business. And at the same time, you know, I mean, he's willing to look at it to where he can start out with that business and give himself the opportunity to grow, you know, and... And sort of go as he go as he grows. So I mean, I guess what I would say is, I mean, when you're looking for your passion, I mean, it doesn't have to be this amazingly huge thing that takes all this planning out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, planning is great, but I mean, it's like one of my buddies, Mike Lippman, always says, you know, I mean, you don't have to get it right, but you got to get it going. Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, I would just add to that that I mean, I can just about guarantee you in every case that if you if you're willing to get it going, then life is just going to step in and take care of a lot of details that you can't even imagine. So I guess even if someone continues working in a job that isn't necessarily their passion, they can still find little ways to do something that they are passionate about every day. Sure, absolutely. And I mean, that's the thing about it. Um, one of the things that I hear a lot of people say is they say, you know, I mean, I'd like to do this, or I'm not happy happy doing this. Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, as great as it would be to be happy 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, no matter how much we try, I mean, we're still going to have those moments where we're not totally happy or fulfilled, mm-hmm. you know. Now, I mean, one of the biggest differences for there is, I mean, to be aware of that and then continuously be working on changing those moments into happy moments, which, by the way, I do believe that we can do by doing simple things. But, yeah, yeah, in regards to your question, I mean, absolutely. I mean, for example, I mean, you don't have to quit your job if it's not something that's realistic. But what about if you took on a hobby or just picked up something you enjoyed? I mean, I know a lot of people who have started some of the greatest businesses, things that they do full-time now. I mean, I'm one of those people. I mean, when I started, I started at a little website. And, you know, I mean, from there, I mean, it happened happened rather quickly, I mean, in terms of going full-time in the business. But that's not actually the point. I mean, the point is that I enjoyed it. I was I started out with it being a passion, and then it evolved into something bigger. And, I mean, I think that everybody can do that, whether or not it's, you know, starting a little side babysitting business. And, I mean, I know that I'm giving some really simple examples, but the point is, is that, I mean, I want to make it clear that it doesn't have, I mean, you don't have to set out to start the next, you know, national software company or, you know, worldwide hardware distributing company or something. I mean, it doesn't have to be huge like that. You know, it, you know, you just have to work your idea, something you enjoy and that you get joy from. And, I mean, it can be in the form of a hobby that you never plan to make a living out of. A lot of the times it's fear that holds us back from pursuing what we love. How do you suggest we overcome those fears? Obviously, this is another question that's pretty important to me, um, the answer. I mean, I guess it's because of my personal story. Obviously, having, you know, a situation where I, prior to my stutter slash blocking block tick started sort of coming up in my life, you know, I mean, I had basically thought that everything was pretty clear-cut. I mean, I thought, I thought you know, okay, I'm going to go into this phase of my life. It's going well. I'm going to do this. It's going well. And then all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, things were not just working out like they were supposed to and, I mean, if you want to talk about dealing with fear, think about, you know, I mean, just try to imagine um, a situation where basically, you know, at one, almost overnight, one day, you know, I mean, you can have a crystal clear conversation with somebody, and then the next time you're thinking in your mind, golly, am I going to be even, even be able to spit out this person's name? You know, you know, and, I mean, I know that sounds silly, but it really was crazy like that. So, I mean, fear is really something I know personally a little bit about. Now, with that said, I mean, there are tons and tons of different solutions that people give you about fear. One of the most effective things that I have ever found to deal with it, I mean, this is something that everybody can deal with, and so I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, oh, let me have this answer. I mean, it's not rocket science, and one of the best ways to deal with it is really what a woman named Susan Jeffers says, which is that is just feel the fear and do it anyway. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, believe me, all the times in my life where I've struggled with different things, where I've tried to convince myself and said, well, you know, I couldn't possibly speak to a group because, 
golly, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to be able to spit a word out, you know, or, I mean, something as simple as, oh, yeah, such and such who I've been talking to via email, you know. And, I mean, this is something that's actually funny over the years. You know, I mean, like I said, I mean, when I started out, I was just communicating with a lot of people via email and all this. And so over the years, as I mean, I've got to know different speakers and authors and people like that, we become friends. It's funny because a lot of them will kind of kid me now and they'll say, golly, you know, I mean, when we first started talking, started talking, I get to know you. I thought I was going to have to talk to you on email forever, you know, because you couldn't, (laughs) you know, get a word out. But now, you know, these are the same people that I run into. And, you know, heck, I mean, we're speaking at the same things. We're networking. And, I mean, I really have to say that the biggest help there and, I mean, the biggest thing to get over those fears and conquer them. And, I mean, I will say also, you know, I mean, my blogging tick is a, I mean, it's not something that I have overcome. I mean, I'm not saying that, hey, you know, through overcoming my fear, I beat Tourette's. I mean, it doesn't happen like that. I mean, my Tourette's is a neurological disorder. But the symptom, the particular symptom that was frustrating for me, my blocking tick, slash stutter, whatever label, you know, anybody wants to put on it is, I mean, I was able to deal with that part of it. And basically the way that I was able to deal with it was, you know, I mean, I would always do my best. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm a human being. I had my moments. Everybody has moments where we allow, you know, the fear to stop us in our track momentarily. But I think a big key there is it's got to be, it's absolutely got to be momentarily. You can, you know, you've really got to take an active role that once you identify that something's stopping you, you know, I mean, like a prime example, I mean, say you're sitting in front of the phone and you want to make a call to the customer. Even the best salespeople have times where they stare at the phone. They don't want to make that crazy call. It just happens. I mean, I call it part of being human. But what they do is they pick that phone up anyway. And they don't beat themselves over the head if it's not the best call. And if, you know, the call goes bad or whatever happens bad, well, then basically what the majority of people will do is immediately they won't even give themselves time to beat themselves over that call. They'll pick the phone up again and do it so that they can cancel out the last example. And, I mean, I believe that we can do the same kind of thing. So, absolutely, you know, I mean, if you're talking about overcoming fear, you know, it's literally just doing the things that you're afraid of and just doing them as many times as you have to until they almost become second nature. For Josh's audio motivation site, just go to successunwrapped.com slash audiomotivation.html. Or for his One Question to Success ebook, go to successunwrapped.com slash onequestion.html. And look for the free sample link near the bottom of the page. And I hope you've enjoyed the first segment of our interview. But it's not over. There's a full 200% more than what you just heard where we delve deeper into these success principles. To unwrap the full interview and get lots more tools for success, just sign up to become a Success Unwrapped member on any level you choose at successunwrapped.com slash members. This has been Success Unwrapped with Heather Vale. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of Success Unwrapped, helping you to unwrap and discover your own potential for success. Until next time, keep unwrapping. I'm Heather Vale. This podcast is part of the Blueberry Network at Blueberry.com. That's spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com.